Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Saturday morning, June 18th, 2022. And I got a guy from Western Nebraska that I admire on a daily basis. And your range of topics that you speak about from day to day can be from one end of the spectrum to the other. Uh, this morning, what piqued my interest was your comment about everybody seems to be bitching about uh, gas prices. And I was one of those people bitching yesterday because I drove from Adel, Iowa to Michigan. Anyways, it was $5.60 a gallon in Iowa, close to home. And as I got closer to that liberal, loving nation of Chicago, uh, I paid $6.30, I believe, for diesel in the old truck. And that felt really, really good. Not really, but anyways. After you get by the initial sticker shock of paying $6 for fuel or more, uh, it really pisses a guy off that you can only put in 20 or 25 gallons because your debit card usually has like a 125 or $150 limit. So FJB, let's go Brandon, yeah. So to get your interview started, John, we're going to read your Facebook post, then we'll have some interaction about it. You just, you understand the real world, and uh, you're not afraid to speak it. There's a lot of people that understand the real world. There's a lot of people that just <laughs> don't have the balls. So, I'm going to read this, and we're going to have some back and forth. I got it. This is John O'Day, 24 minutes ago on Facebook. It's 1020 in the a.m. I got to admit, I watch everyone lose their shit over big oil making big money and costing the average consumer 2000 per year. It is almost comical to us cow guys. Big businesses on both the supply side and on the sales side have been hosing us for years to the tune of tens of thousands per producer per year. And no one is better than I. There's probably never been a truer statement made. So, just give me your thoughts and how do we fix it? Well, first thing we've got to do is we've got to take the product out of the big business's hands. I mean, it, it, it's plain and simple, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wave my own flag right now. I've I've been all over the country speaking to producer groups about uh, direct marketing. We sell all of our calf crop and then some direct to consumers, and that's our first step. It's not going to fix it all, but that's our first step is to actually limit the opportunities for getting screwed. Limit the opportunities. For them big businesses to stick their greasy mitts on your product. Exactly, exactly. And I don't. And to me, it doesn't matter whether it's selling two head or whether it's selling 20 head or selling 200 head or selling 2,000 head direct to consumers. It all helps. If every cowman in the United States took five head and sold them direct to consumer, that would pull 10% of the U.S. beef production away from the big four. But it was amazing to me. Last year, it figured out that 3,200 head per day were processed and sold to consumers through small packing houses than what was done the year before. So there's a movement afoot. It's just that we need to keep keep hammering on it and keep the throttle down and keep trying and educating people. How much extra do you make per head? We go and we try and base a little bit over the, the top meat bid, and we keep our bid at a certain level for a certain amount of time, usually three to four months we price our, our product out at. And then our retail side, we do a retail business as well. So in all fairness and honesty, our meat business is more about getting to educate consumers. We've got to get customers that have bought from us two or three times, and it's pretty automatic and it's pretty easy for us 
before the juice is worth the squeeze. But, you know, it isn't, it isn't worth the trips to the packing house and the messing around for the first hundred dollars. But once we get these people that are buying every year, every six months, then we know we're getting paid for our time then. And, uh, and what we've found out, what we've learned in our years of doing this direct consumer deal, the beef that Cargill or JBS or IBP or National wants versus what the consumer wants are two different beasts. And what the consumer wants isn't what they're willing, what uh, big packers want to pay a premium for. And it takes a little bit of knowledge to know how to make that. And, uh, but there are definitely some cost advantages. We're actually, we're able, our cost of production is less in the feeding phase for our cattle than what it was when we were feeding cattle commercially. So, so if you're wanting to take that first step, how do you network into finding consumers that might be interested? It isn't very hard. If you've got a cousin, a church, uh, anything like that, we do a lot of, uh, a lot of networking. In fact, we ship, uh, I've got a brother that's in the housing business in, uh, Washington State, and we ship uh, we ship beef out there twice a year. Do it personally. I've got the unique situation here that we get into urban areas with our product because we've got more people that have left our home county and live someplace else than what we do in our home county. We've got a lot of outreach in urban areas that that helps, but but it isn't it isn't hard to find four or five people that'll each take a half or take a whole beef if you. You just got to step out and, and work at it a little bit. And I mean, it's no different than, than taking that first step to uh, sell a club calf or sell a bull or sell a group of heifers. I mean, you just, yeah. you got to have the, the guts and the, and the determination to, that you're going to make it work and you go do it. Our program is pretty unique. We, if they aren't good enough to be a club calf or good enough to be an Angus bull or good enough to be a bred heifer, they, they become beef. Yeah, we we programmed our deal to where we're adding value to every hoof that that uh, is on our place, some some way, shape, or form. That's the only, that's the only way we're going to survive as a family size outfit. Plain, plain and simple. That sounds good. Well, uh, give me your phone number for anybody in the Western Nebraska market. And I guess you say you ship around, so give your number and maybe you'll get some extra calls here. Phone number is three zero eight three four zero one one four zero. We sell butcher beef and we sell Angus. Angus Cross bred heifers, and we have females available about any time. So yeah. we can get you a steak, or we can get you a bred heifer. So I'm glad that we talked about it because that's real world stuff that people are interested in. But uh, switching gears down to uh, Western Kansas, what the hell happened to those ten thousand head of calves that peeled over? Was it just a bad batch of feed, or what? Do you, what is your thought? I've got a lot of friends in the business that are very seldom wrong, and I've heard that the cattle were. Long fed, hard fed beef on dairy cattle. Those cattle, when they get to weighing 16, 1800 pounds, they don't have the, the visceral mass, the capacity, the chest floor. You know, one of those things that <laughs> all us clubby guys that, you know, the commercial industry makes fun of why you think you gotta have one so wide and a big old deep chest and a heifer. Well, they gotta have some place for the engine to set. And those dairy cross cattle don't have the the wide chest in them. Didn't have the the ability. They had way way more pounds on them, way more fat than what they could were designed to to carry. 
and they uh, they didn't have the the lung capacity and the heart capacity to to help them when it got hot. The reason why the heat tolerant Brahma cattle don't have a stream early growth is to tolerate heat. You've got to be light muscled. You've got to be a lot of a lot of surface area per pound of animal. And those uh, those beef on dairy cattle were packing, carrying more more muscle and more fat than what their than like what a, their guts and and, and like their frame a, could handle. Like a fat kid eating cake, they just couldn't handle the heat. I actually right. heard just from a different guy that it maybe was a bad batch of feed, but that was like the day that I seen it, maybe a day or two ago. So yeah, I mean I I, I could see if they were uh, sixteen to eighteen hundred pound cattle fat, almost ready to go to market. Just a little bit hard for me to believe that all of them hit on the same day. Well, and what what has happened is, is there's been other guys. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like an AA meeting, you know, when the first guy admits that he's got a problem, well, then everybody else can admit that they've got a problem. And there's, there's probably five times as many cattle down in that area that died that same couple of day span as what is, what is shown on that one video. They just got that one TikTok video that makes it look real extreme for sure. Yeah, yeah, that video makes it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of 5,000 to 50,000 head yards that lose from 100 to 2,000, 3,000 head of cattle. And, but the one TikTok video is the only one that anybody's seen. It isn't very far from me where that happened, actually, about 250 miles straight south. Right now, as I'm talking to you, we're 90 degrees right here at 11 o'clock in the morning and then a 40 mile an hour wind out of the south. Two real-world things that we've talked about. So, tell me a joke, John, before I let you go. Just say say something to lighten the mood. I mean, I know this this real-world stuff is very important, but I like to bring the humor every now and again. And I, I don't. I know that you got a sense of humor. So tell me a joke. <laughs> I tell you what is the. Um, all of my jokes are not exactly fit for a podcast. I, I can radio edit. Radio you can. My boys were walking down the street the other. They were little kids. Yeah, they're in our little town, Indianola, and they just been down the creek fishing. And the priest walks up to them and says, "Boys, them are some pretty looking fish you caught." Old G man says, "Yep." So these are we caught a whole mess of these sons of bitches. Well, the old priest rears back. He says, "Man," he says, "You can't be talking like that." He says, "No, no, father, that's what we call them. We call them sons of bitches." Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. He says, well, here, take him, take him home, fry him up. So the old priest, he takes them home, and, you know, cooks a couple, and he says, man, they were good sons of bitches, you know. Like, he kind of giggles about it. So he catches old Jake downtown a couple of days later, and he says, hey, when you and G go back to Crick fishing again, why don't you, uh, he says, I got the Cardinal coming out from Lincoln next week. So said, why don't you catch us some of them sons of bitches? I want to fry him up for him. Sure thing, sure thing. So the boys, they catch us some fish, and they take him to the priest. Priest and the cardinal are sitting there. God, they're just just eating them up. The priest says, "Boy, what do you think of these sons of bitches?" The cardinal's eyes get big. He says, oh, "What? That's kind of rough language." He says, "Oh no, no." He says, uh, "We uh, everybody out here, all these guys, they call them sons of bitches. That's the that's the term for them." He says, "Well, you know," he said, "We got the Pope coming on a United States visit. He'll be in Chicago next week, and we're both going down there." See if them boys would catch us some sun bitches, and we take them down there and make him some. Okay, so my boys catch them a whole cooler full of sons of bitches, and the local priest and the cardinal, they go down there to Chicago, and and they uh sitting there at the table with the Pope. They had one of the cooks 
took him to order, and boy, they were good. Local priest is sitting there, and he looks over at the cardinal and he says, what do you think of these sons of bitches? The old cardinal looks at the priest and he says, you know, he says, I would guess these are the best son of bitches I've ever had. Pope doesn't even say a word, just looks at both of them guys, takes a bite and says, MFers. They're all right. <laughs> good job, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. You did really good. Thanks, man. Talk to you later.